Welcome and thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. You ever heard the saying, can't judge a book by its cover? I mean, if the artwork of a book is really good, it can give the impression that the contents are the same, right? Can the cover of a book mislead the reader about its contents? Do you know anyone like that? Where the outside differs from the inside? Can someone give the impression of what you see is what you get, yet over time, you find that what you got really wasn't what you wanted. Think of a piece of fruit. Looks delicious on the outside, yet it is rotten to the core on the inside. Today you'll hear how God feels about the inside and the outside of a creature. And with God, there's no gray area either. You got your tanks. Let's dive in. This segment is titled Discipleship the Way of Life. What's the difference? When you recognize something that's different than what you expected, what do you normally do? I know there could be many answers to that question. True. But where we'll be diving into today is you and your relationships. Now I want to strike at the personal chord here because it's your life personally and others' lives personally and isn't that what discipleship is all about? The personal? The simple truth, it's about you and how you live as a disciple of Jesus. And it's about others and how they live as a disciple of Jesus. You see, discipleship goes well beyond the proclamations. It is the way of life, the way God designed it to be and lived out. And it also involves those that you interact with. Those you live with, work with, and encounter. This way of life is to be consistent and inconsistent living where testimony and deeds differ. You should see and recognize and it should scream volumes as to what you observe and what others observe about you compared to what one says or you say versus how you or they really are under the skin. Now I ask you in the intro to think about a piece of fruit that looks delicious on the outside and yet disappointment on the inside. For me this year, it was watermelon. Anybody else agree with that with regard to a fruit that looks delish? It had the great signs of tasting and yet once it was opened, huh, total disappointment. Now, it could be easy to say since it seems COVID is the blame for so much these days and it's becoming an acceptable response for all kinds of failures. And that is if you look at it with a worldview. Well then, yep, the watermelon was no good because of COVID. And then let's just move on. But the plain old truth, bad piece of fruit that looks good on the outside, but oh, just toss it. And when there is inconsistency in humanity, what do you do then? Just accept the inconsistent behavior and say, oh, well, that's just the way they are. And we'll just accept it and keep on trucking. But today, I'll ask you, what are you to do as a disciple of Jesus? Now, rest assured, I fall far short as the answer man. Believe that. So I will tell you, there's only one absolute truth you can count on that will always be your guiding light in the darkness that surrounds you. You can count on that. Now, I hope the immediate thought that entered your mind was God and his word. Now, if you thought of anything or anyone else as your answer person, 
then you need to keep listening. Because anything or anyone on this planet is flawed, yours truly included. Believe that. God and His Word is the only one that's perfect. God can and will get to the core. And He is able to discern the rottenness way before you ever could. You can count on that. So, it would make total sense to look to someone with a capital S that's omnipotent, omnipresent, and omniscient versus someone that's powerless, ecumenical, and unenlightened. Amen? You don't have to just accept that inconsistent living is an acceptable way to live and then avoid the inconsistent living person because it may be better in the long run, at least that would be your expectation, because you may be the kind of person that just hopes for the best and maybe one day they'll change and everybody will be at peace and in their presence again. But if you're like that, it may be more painful and disappointing and it'd be a long way to go. The longer you listen, the more you will hear me say, I can only speak for myself. And the reason I say it, because it's biblical and it's the truth. The plain old truth is, I cannot speak for anyone else, nor can they speak for me. Now, if you live in the physical realm, you'd say, oh, yes, DL, someone could. But I'm not talking in the physical realm here. I'm speaking in the spiritual. Because in the spiritual realm, I cannot speak for you, and you cannot speak for me before God at judgment. Now today, there are many who don't seem to care how they're living or not to be what happens when they take their last breath on this planet. And all you have to do is look at them, and then you answer the question of, well, what do you really see? Because when one is living in spiritual blindness, they just live for the here and now. They refuse to acknowledge God's sovereignty, and their lifestyle is all based on the here and now. They give no consideration to what their eternity will be, and you must know a here and now outlook is a limited and distorted worldview. And thus you have it, NGA. It's either living in the temporal, your here and now, or living for eternity. According to God's truth, your walk, your thoughts, your language, your talk, your deeds define who you are. Others will see the deeds. As Jesus puts it quite simply, you're either going to see figs or thorns, grapes or briars. Sounds like Jesus has NGA, doesn't it to you? And you must know and believe living by God's word is the way to live. And it's biblical because God says to his disciple Paul, to the disciples in Rome in Romans 14, 12, So then each one of us will give an account of himself to God. So no one, not your family members or another disciple, will be chiming in on your behalf before God. No, you will give an account before God. No one will be able to make a defense of how good a person you were or what you intended was for good. And although it did not align with God's word, truths, and commands, you still expect God to provide eternal life to you because you don't want to live in hell. No, it's you and you alone before God. You got to believe this truth. To support that truth, I would love to share with you how God eliminates any misunderstanding or any misapplication of his words. 
And you would only know that if you're in his word to see it. Now listen to what God said through his disciple Paul to the disciples in Corinth in 2 Corinthians 5.10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. I'm going to read that again. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Please understand, God will hold everyone, everyone accountable. And you've heard me say, when God says all, he means all, does he not? And know that God will hold everyone accountable for what you do, whether it's good or bad. Now, I know you don't hear that very much in the front, do you? But you will hear it listening to Diving Deep with DL. And I do understand. Believe me. So don't you go believe in the deception of all you got to do or just do these things or you can do whatever you want because you believe in Jesus. God says very plainly through his disciple James in James 2.19, You believe God is one, you do well. The demons also believe and shudder. And why do tell? Do you think they shudder? Could it be because they know about God's holiness, righteousness, justice, and truths? And they shudder because they know what God says in his word? is what he means, and he means every word of it. And what he says happened, did actually happen. And what he said will happen, did actually happen. And what he says will happen, will actually happen. And that what he proclaimed, it will be now and forever. I am testifying to the truth. You are called as a disciple of Jesus to live a consistent life on the inside spiritually and on the outside in the body. That's the plain old truth and it applies to all of humanity. You should also know this about me. I will go to God's word to confirm the points that I share with you because there is no other means to effectively communicate God's word and truths to you except with God's word and truth. Amen? I mean, you will hear science exclaim human beings use their humanistic qualities to assess another's appearance, which is the attraction. And then once attracted, you can work on the commonalities after you get together physical needs and desires are met. Because visual standards and physical attraction drives a relationship, right? Well, I'm here to tell you, if you're just looking on the outside more than on the inside, you're going to be misled. Remember, you can't judge a book by its cover or the quality of a piece of fruit by its skin. Remember the watermelon? I'm testifying to the truth. Listen to what God said in 1 Samuel 16, 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For God sees not as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Now come on, everyone wants the handsome man or the attractive woman, right? 
Isn't that what makes you stand out among the rest? Isn't that what makes the perfect relationship because they look real good in the photos? And everyone declares, oh, what a beautiful couple. What a handsome couple. What a, what a great couple they make. And those children are going to be so beautiful. But yet their life is full of discontent, sadness, and ultimately leads them to separation. And sometimes more than not, divorce. You look at the divorce rate. Why is it so high? And yet they exclaim, but their pictures on Facebook and Instagram were so nice. They seemed to be very happy. What happened? Well, the truth, yes, on the outside, they did give the impression they had it all together. But on the inside, they were awful, sick and unpleasant. There was immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, anger, jealousy, and greed. That's what happened. And when the beauty, money, fun, and excitement left, so did they. Because the relationship was based on the physical, the body and flesh, and its desires and needs, and not the spiritual, with God and his word and truths at the core of their existence. What God is saying, he loves and desires for his disciples to possess a new heart and spirit. His spirit resides in them. They read, study, and meditate on his word. Thus the process of their minds being renewed from a world to a and selfish view to a biblical one. They no longer desire and pursue the finer things the world has to offer that pleases their eyes, flesh, and wallet. And they begin to understand that material wealth and good looks doesn't make you a beautiful catch. And when you walk by sight, your discernment is cloudy. And you could be misled very easily. It's happening every day by the devil. Because when your perspective is skewed to the truth of God, then you are completely exposed to the devil and his schemes and continually fall victim to your own sinful flesh. Yet God looks at your heart. He sees your desires, opinions, views, beliefs, notions, purpose, aims, objectives, and plans. And God's judgment of your life and deeds are based on what proceeds out from your heart on the inside to what you live out in the body on the outside. Listen to what Jesus said to his disciple Matthew in Matthew 15:19. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murderers, adulteries, fornication, thefts, false witness, and slanders. The plain old truth, it's what you think, speak, and do that causes damage to people, whether they are close to you or not, whether they hear you or not. And that damage is generated from the inside of you, from an unsanctified heart. And it's by the way of the heart that causes the mind, eyes, mouth, and body to sin against the holy and righteous God, yourself, and others. Listen to what Jesus said to his disciple Luke in Luke eleven thirty nine. But the Lord said to him, Now you Pharisees clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but inside of you, you are full of robbery and wickedness. Now, Yes, Jesus was talking to the Pharisees at that time. And I guess there were a bunch of other people listening too. No question about it. But what would you have today if you didn't have God's word to provide a living edition of his word for his disciples to live by? 
And you know the saddest part? There are many who proclaim to be a quote-unquote Christian, yet never read his words. So how could that be? How can you proclaim that you are a Christ follower, because that's what Christian is, and yet know the interesting thing? God never called his people Christians. So if you never crack open God's word and truths, it's not at the core of your existence, then let me ask you, figs or thorns, grapes or briars, what would you see? And I'm just asking you based on God's truths and what God says. How would you answer God's question if God asked you, what do you see in yourself? Or what do you see in your spouse? Or what do you see in that other person? How would you answer? Now I will say as a disciple of Jesus, you must be a good Berean. Now this will require you to open God's word and find out why being a good Berean is important in your walk as a disciple of Jesus. And Berean is B-E-R-E-A-N. You must know by now God's word is living and active. So it applies to you, my fellow disciples. Don't you ever believe the lie that it was only for them back there. And God has provided it to you so you don't have to depend on humanity for his word, ways, truths, commands, warning, and promises. Believe that. Because you cannot see the inside of any person. Read Jeremiah. What God said about the heart there. Remember what God said in 1 Samuel 16, 7? For God sees not as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the heart. What Jesus is saying, don't be so concerned with the external aspect of your life that you completely ignore the internal your heart and spirituality. Remember, the heart is a seed of the mind, and what floods your heart soaks your mind. So, although on the outside you present a persona of being a quote-unquote good Christian or quote-unquote devout religious person, yet deep down inside you're full of materialism, cruelty, bitterness, anger, impurity, sensuality, and hatred, just to name a few, and I pray you're catching my drift. So, question. If someone gives the impression on the outside, and let's use religious person, but you are totally different on the inside, that would be an unreligious person, right? I mean, if we were going NGA, religious and unreligious, you only have two, can't be partial of either, then you can expect you won't get what you actually expected or wanted, yes or no. And then do tell, what do you do? Just hope that they can get better, or pray that God will enter into their darkness and save them from the sin that is so easily entangling them, and it's truly the captivity of the devil. But you can't just go on continually accepting and living with that sinful behavior. No, and not proclaim that you're a disciple of Jesus. You're deceiving yourself. Remember what God said through his disciple Paul to the disciples in Corinth, in 1 Corinthians 15.33, Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. You keep accepting it or making excuses for the sinful behavior, and you'll be corrupted. It's true. God said so. God didn't say possibly, maybe, or could be corrupted. He says corrupts. So you should expect that bad company corrupts good morals. Believe me, I know. I lived it. 
My spouse saw this man who gave the impression that he was all together, and yes, I went to church, heck, I even dragged her in, because I grew up in a home full of conflict. And I was not going to have a religious conflict in my home, regardless of how I lived and the sin that was entangling me. You can count on that. Isn't that a hypocrite? And a major conflict in my home as a youth was religion. A youth, excuse me. Major conflict in my home as a youth was religion. My parents possessed two different religious points of view. There was no real substance, nor examples of how to live a life based on the truths of God. And you want to know the sad news in the early days of my marriage and raising my children? That same evil perspective was alive in me. Life is based on learning by trial and error. And you don't make too many errors or you'll pay the consequence dearly. Anybody can testify to that? No substance of religious values, no prayer, no honoring God, no real expressions of love. You grew up this way? Are any of your relatives or people you associate with living this way? But you may not know that because you only see them a certain way, but the persona they put on before you when they come outside. Wonder what goes on when nobody's around. And as a result, in my home, one parent didn't like the vocalization of others' church. And the other parent didn't like the ritualistic practices at your church. So neither one of them went to church. So we were an unchurched people, and sin was running rampant in and through our lives. But I would venture to say, if you were to ask me or them, if we were Christians, absolutely. Yet our home was full of profanity, anger, bitterness, separation, violent behavior, deceit, and love was nowhere to be found. Well, I carried that and my sinful nature into my marriage. And I would testify before you today, my spouse did not get what she expected. You can believe that. I was that piece of fruit that looked very appetizing, rotten to the core. You can believe that, too. It was not until God saved me and delivered me from the domain of darkness did she actually get the husband she truly desired to have. And I thank God, and I'm certain she thanks God as well, because it was over 25 years of hellish living. Believe that. You know anybody like that? You ever been like that? Are you living that way now? Yes, I would say I met most of, if not all of her visual and mental expectations of what a boyfriend, lover, and husband should be. But she really didn't know what was buried deep down inside of this man, only to find after time the roots of sin emerged onto the surface. And what was flooding my heart saturated my mind and when sin reared its ugly head, it seared some deep scars in our relationship. You know anyone like that? Are you someone like that? Living one life on the outside and another on the inside? In fact, do you actually care how you're living? Do you actually care how much pain, discomfort, sadness, and grief you're inflicting on those around you? Do you have an adhesion disposition Take it or leave it, because that's the way I am. And if you don't like it, there are many fish in the sea. However, let me testify. God is omnipresent and is looking at all of what you think, say, and do. You can ignore it, 
or even deny it. But I'm telling you, God is looking at what you think, say, and do. And as you've heard, you will be held accountable to God. Remember, it's all the good and the bad. As a fellow disciple would say, you'll either say amen or ouch. Amen. And so I know it's easy to claim, well, you know, Jesus, I, and, and yeah, you may, but you can't have briars and thorns and claim that. So why is the inside so important in your walk as a disciple of Jesus? The plain old truth, it truly defines who you really are. You're either a child of the only true God, which makes you a disciple of Jesus, or you're a child of the devil, N-G-A, believe it or not. All I'm asking you is to be honest with yourself. Now please understand, the only way to be honest with yourself is to use God's word, because as God said through the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews 4.12, that would be the word of God is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of your heart. Because God's word will take hold of your conscience, challenge your integrity, your ethics, principles, and morality. It scores your heart like a stoneworker scores a tile, and it snaps apart, and the ugly is exposed for you to see and deal with directly because God already sees it. That's what scored it. Could that be a reason why so many refuse to read God's word? Because it brings forth light on the darkness and sin they're living in and it holds them accountable to God and God alone. That requires one now to deny their flesh when they can't because it's so bound up tightly around them. So may I ask, why would anyone use anything other than the most effective weapon you could ever use to fight against the evil that resides in your flesh which is in your sinful nature. And the evil lives and surrounds you in this dark and wicked world. Jesus makes it very clear. It's not what you eat, nor if your hands or body are dirty when you consume something. No, it's not that at all. Here's your proof. Jesus said to his disciple Matthew in Matthew 15, 11, it's not what enters into the mouth that defiles the man. What proceeds from the mouth this defiles the man. Many believe eating ceremoniously preserves their spirituality and confirms their religiosity, and thereby adding their own standards to God's truths in order to validate their own righteousness before man and God. It's not the food you ingest with soil hands that creates any form of contamination, corruption, or uncleanness. No. It's what you think, how you act, speak, and live that confirms an unsanctified heart and is the evidence of deception living in the actions exhibited in your everyday life. This is a soul that produces a lifestyle of ungodliness and only yearns to satisfy itself with fleshly desires and pleasures, and the only true God is not in their view at all. Yet the truth? They're in His. When in actuality, God desires a heart that lives and walks by his spirit, is submissive to his will, obeys his commands, lives humbly before him, worships God above all things, including self, loves, forgives, extends grace and mercy whenever and wherever it's needed. 
It's a life that has the desire and willingness to learn and apply God's wonderful truths in their own lives. And as a disciple of Jesus, they bring the good news, the gospel, to everyone they encounter in this world along their journey to the narrow gate. So what would the outside look like if the inside was full of God's spirit, love, and his fruits? Well, I can tell you one thing. The roundabouts would work like they're designed to. Can I get an amen for that? You could enter a lane on the highway and make an exit without being cut off, yelled at, or a blaring horn as you pass by. Families would love and respect each other, and love would be at the core versus greed, selfishness, envy, jealousy, control, and anger. People would be polite and not cut in line at the grocery store or the pharmacy. They would be respectful and courteous people between each other, and race and religion would no longer be a vice used by the devil to cause division and war among the inhabitants on this planet. You wouldn't have to worry about if there were enough items left on the shelves in the grocery store to feed your family. Murder would stop, so would robbery. And business owners would not need to have an eye scan for access into their business. Employees who were hired to work would work and not steal time justifying their thievery by proclaiming the company or the state or whoever it is that employs them owes me. The government would not need to control every movement of their people, nor would there be those who desire personal power and wealth at the demise and destruction of all others. And the poor would no longer be, and the greedy would share what truly belongs to God versus their worldview and selfish view that it's all theirs and theirs alone. Now you tell me, how many times have you picked up a piece of fruit, apple, tomato, peach, or the watermelon, and it looked very appetizing, only to find that it was rotten to the core? You would cast it right into the compost pile or the trash, wouldn't you? So... What do you think a holy, righteous, and just God would do to a soul that lives in a life in the practice of sin? Listen to what God said through his disciple Peter in 2 Peter 2.4. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to the pits of darkness reserved for judgment, you must know God is just and wickedness will bring forth severe judgment. The person who practices sin before God should expect, even though they ignore God's truths, his wrath and vengeance is a truth God will bring forth. You must keep entrusting yourself to the one with a capital O who judges righteously if you're going through these difficult things from evil and wicked people. Because you have read his word and you know what he says he will do, he will do. You can count on that. And today you've heard the truth about the demons. They believe and shudder. God has written his word to us so we would have truth. He provided the way, and the way is Jesus Christ. And Jesus is the only way to eternal life in this world full of darkness, sin, and deception. Anyone who lives an ungodly life should expect what God has already provided and proved is the end result for ungodly living. Let us take warning by all the instances God carried out when he brought forth vengeance 
on ungodly living. And these truths are in great detail to serve as warnings for humanity to prevent anyone from deceiving themselves to believe one could live in the practice of sin and thus deceive themselves and others that they will experience eternal life in the presence of God with an unsanctified heart. And sadly, there are many that believe the deception of the devil that you can be a defiled creature and believe that God would disregard one's defilement and allow them into his holy presence because they appear to others as a whitewashed tomb. Yet to God, they are filled with dead men's bones. The existence appears to be alive, only by what is being portrayed in the body, yet on the inside, spiritually, is a dark and dead, spiritually depraved being. Listen to what Jesus said through his disciple Matthew in Matthew 23, 27. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs which on the outside appear beautiful, but inside they are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Jesus is making it very clear. One may clean up the face of the tomb to make it appear to be something it's not. Because the outside is clean, one would assume the inside is as well. That's the same as doing all these ritualistic things in the body, so it will give the impression of one's quote-unquote Christianness, yet on the inside, dead men's bones. That's the same as getting your outer appearance all cleaned up, put on makeup if you're a woman and get your hair done, or shave, shower, and comb your hair if a man, but inwardly still full of sin, manipulation, and deception. But you sure look nice. As a man said, you can put red lipstick on a pig, but by my man, it's still a pig. Would you still pucker up? I would hope you'd say no, because it's foul within. That's what my foul spouse discovered, excuse me. Deep down inside under the skin, there was a bitter man that had the roots of hatred and many other sins that was binding my heart like a potted plant that was so root-bound there was no room for spiritual growth. And without God entering in, sin would have eventually choked me to death. And you'd have never heard a peep from me. Sin stifles spiritual growth. And when it does, nothing of any real good will come forth from that creature at all. All I can say is, but God. Without God stepping into my darkness, our marriage is over. And our children spile into chaos. And we all lose. How many losing battles do you see, or are living, hear about, or currently going through because one realizes that this is as best as it can get, and when they think that and don't realize the magnitude of life change that comes from God, then they need the saving power of God through Jesus Christ. They must understand the devil through sin attempts to destroy all of what God has designed as good. As we head back up, take this with you. Believe God's word, warnings, truths, commands, and promises. It's the truth. What proceeds from a person is what defiles the person. Just because you wash up or dress up the body doesn't change who you are or what you are on the inside, spiritually. God's word applies along the linear line of time, and everyone will be held accountable to God. 
that which you do, whether good or bad. Jesus doesn't have a judgment seat inside the kingdom. The judgment seat is way before the entrance to the kingdom. Believe that. If you need Jesus, confession and repentance of your sinful thoughts, words, and deeds are the first steps to moving out of darkness toward his marvelous light. Pray and ask God to save you from your sin. God is saying, you cannot live giving the impression what you perceive is good to convince others because God sees all and hears all. And he has defined what is good. Follow God's example. And his name is Jesus. If one's spiritual condition is evil and sinfulness, and it's alive and active on the inside, regardless of what humanity says, you can expect to see evil and sinful deeds lived out in the body, and God's wrath is awaiting on the day of judgment. Let me pray for you. Abba, I love you and I thank you for today. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Abba, the first thought that entered my mind was, how could I, being so wicked in my flesh, speak these wonderful truths of God? Your work, power, and spirit truly amaze me. I confess to you that in the flesh, as you know, I am capable of anything. Forgive me of my sinful thoughts, sinful words, and sinful deeds. I know and believe that Jesus is faithful and righteous to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Yet I've learned that walking and living by your Spirit, I can overcome and crucify my sinful desires of my flesh and live a life that would be pleasing in your sight as nothing is hidden from you. I know that these negative thoughts are the work of the devil in attempting to steal the joy and happiness that you've brought forth in my life. I know there are many in this world that have a desire to change. I know I was one. I kept asking myself, how do I keep ending up this way, not realizing the bondage of sin and the shackles that were around me like a death row criminal? There's destruction, hurt, and pain is being caused in the lives of others everywhere. Lord, they're living in darkness, and you know that. They need to see your light. Please make them alive today. Send forth your spirit into their darkness and bring forth the light of Jesus to them today. They, just as I was before your salvation came to my tent, overwhelmed, downtrodden, oppressed, and being deceived to believe the poison and evil of the devil. They are in the devil's power and control, and it's evident by what they think, say, and do, and the evidence is coming through by how they live. Be merciful, O God and release them from the bondage and captivity of the devil like you have for every disciple that walks on this planet. You've made it known through your word it takes the work of God to bring forth life. Just like you brought forth life to Lazarus' dead body, raise someone to new life today and make them a new creature. It takes your work of salvation in humanity to produce the fruits of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, along with grace, mercy, and forgiveness. Empower them to forgive themselves and others like you have forgiven them. Thank you for the gift of forgiveness through love. 
and make them the next disciple to bring this wonderful and life-changing good news of Jesus Christ. Thank you for inclining your ear to hear me today. Thank you for your eyes to see, your spirit to bring the understanding and empowerment. And I pray that someone today will hear your truth and reach out to you. And you, through your unfailing love, will save them today. I ask this in love and in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. The Lord's loving kindness indeed never cease, for his compassions never fail. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Have a great week of worship and keep walking the way.